All right, guys. So we are here at the top to talk to you about SFF Yeah. SFF Yeah is Book Riot's podcast for all things, and I know you're going to like this, science fiction and fantasy. It's hosted by Sharifa Williams, Book Riot's managing editor, and Jen Northington, former indie bookseller and SFF fan extraordinaire. Each week, they take on a new theme to recommend science fiction and fantasy reads, from epic fantasies to hard sci-fi to the infinite subgenres of speculative fiction and beyond, and talk about what's new, novel, and downright strange in the SFF headlines. So their recommendations don't just include, like, new titles or stuff that's at the top of the charts, but favorites from the backlist as well. They do, like, short episodes, right? That ones are the purely recommendations. Yeah, like, 10-minute long, just these recommendations of things that you might like. One of them they did on, like, comfort listens. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it's really great. You can go back and listen to all of those. So tune in to SFF Yeah! every Wednesday, wherever you get your podcasts. And uh, thanks to them for sponsoring this episode of Extraneous. Welcome to another episode of Extraneous. Supernatural edition. You guys, did you like the new episode? (laughs) It was a lot. (laughs) It was so much. I feel like I spent the entire time, not the entire time, because we'll get into that, but like once stuff started rolling, I was just like, what? Yeah. It was one of those things where I expected it to, I expected this episode to have a ton of stuff, but like not in the way that did. I don't know. This is already rambling and we only just hit record. (laughs) Hi, this is Takia. Hi, this is Leah. Yeah, let's start with the summary. What happened this week? Okay, so I part of me wants to be like, oh, this is the hunt that happened, except the hunt matters not. I feel like that was our prediction, yeah. that we were like, okay, based on the trailer, that this hunt isn't going to be normal or standard in any way, yeah. because they only gave you really simple, like really small bites of it from mm-hmm. the beginning, and very quickly it's obvious that, like, something is off. To the point where, like, I I wrote something, I was, like, writing it down in my notes, and I was writing it down as, at one point, like, Sam brings it up. Like, (laughs) there was one moment where I was writing, I was like, God, this seems so easy, and then out of Sam's mouth came, like, is it just me, or does this seem too easy? And I was like, thank you. (laughs) I'm glad it's not just me. But, like, the second they walk into, like, the park ranger service and, and talk to that the 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 sheriff? O- the sheriff or the officer or whatever like typically uh, law enforcement is like why are you all here it's just a mountain lion like that's usually what happens but instead it was yeah i don't think it's a mountain lion guys it's something else like oh. it was really weird yeah we get to the two brothers so quickly yeah the scene in the hospital where the victim is like choked up and Dean immediately mm-hmm. goes into the whatever it is, we'll trust you. Like we believe we've seen we worse. We believe you. Monsters are real. Yeah, like so quickly. <laughs> and she's just like sitting there, like sobbing with the like one single scratch down her face. And honestly, like that scene reminds me a lot of the episode with Claire and the werewolf. Yep. And in that scene in the hospital, they have to, like, search that girl's entire body to find where the scratch is. Yeah. But no, 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 no. This this woman just has the, like, giant, like, bloody red scar down her face. Like, and, like, a beautiful single scar. Yeah. Like, there was something really obnoxiously story about everything that was going on. And so we get through that. We get to the two brothers. Mm-hmm. Of course, she's not only seen the person she knows who they are it's like did you get a good look at him and i know his name <laughs> and his social security number 
But like, like even prior to that, it was like, gee, what happened? Ah. Or, or did you see what happened? Yeah. Ripped, ripped their hearts out of their chest. Okay, so it's definitely a werewolf. Like everything was just like check, check, check. Yeah, just like line it up. This was this was like preschool version of a supernatural episode. <laughs> Watching it and experiencing it, there there were con- like there were moments that made me at least like, and I feel like you probably would agree, feel very unsatisfied. I was like, there's something yeah. not right, and I feel like this is off. Well, it was like contrived in yes. a way, and so it just felt like okay, but where's the meat of the yeah. thing? What are, when are we going to get into what is really happening here? And then homegirl trips and falls on a pair of antlers and dies. <laughs> and it's like, oh, JK, not a real hunt, mm-hmm. was contrived for a reason. Yes, absolutely. And so then we get the fact that Chuck has brought back Lilith. Hopefully we'll get to like see more and like experience more with the empty mm-hmm. down the line. And is writing his end yeah basically like this is this is the boys realizing they're not off of the puppet master strings yeah Yeah. and so sam's experiencing visions of like different ways that the brothers die or kill each other Mm -hmm. which honestly i think is like exactly what we predicted like it's it's like the the... it's the middle of exactly (laughs) like like you were saying like it's au impossibles and i was like oh maybe it's potential and like it's it's like the exact midpoint it's like a really great midpoint because i thought they were just plain visions and you were like it has something to do with that god bullet like we guys we were very good anyways sam's visions are the different potential endings that chuck is going through the connection is unwitting and it's because of the bullet wound that sam has all of the, I guess, hope that they had, which yeah. it didn't feel like a lot of hope. But no, it, it, no, no, it didn't. It did not feel like a lot of hope. All of the hope they had in previous episodes is now dashed. It's almost like a seesaw effect. Like, mm. And I feel like we've talked about this before, that when one of the brothers, you can't have both Winchesters down and depressed. Your show will just crawl to a halt and like it's going to be difficult to watch. And, and you can, but, like, at least that you would, you know, need someone like Cass around to help get them out. Oops, he's not there because he didn't get them out. Whatever. Um, Answer the text, Cass. Yeah, seriously. But, like, whereas last week in the past couple episodes, Sam has been the one down and Dean's trying to lift him up. The moment that Dean realizes that they're not out of this maze, that they're not free, that they are still on this, like, track to the end, Dean is now down and on the seesaw side. Meanwhile... It almost seems like Sam has a glimmer of hope now because Sam is a beautiful Ravenclaw baby and he's <laughs> like, wait, but this is, I can use information to try stuff. He has information which can be molded into a path to get to an ending. Like, he, now he understands what the visions are. Yes. Now he isn't just, like, rocked with these nightmares. That he thought was PTSD. Which, like, honestly, wouldn't be surprised. No! Um, But now he has a sense of, like, what this is. And he has more information about what they're going up against. Mm -hmm. And so I do think that, like, Sam feels comforted by knowing even if what they are up against is bad yeah like having some sort of like more information like you were saying Mm -hmm. makes him feel more in control as opposed to dean who just like i think dean just sees sort of the power and the giant wall that they have to climb and it's like that that wall's too big like sam's like well we can i'll find some ladders i have information about ladders magically in my brain right now we'll build some (laughs) ladders but dean's like it's just too big of a wall man like what's there's no ladder like it kind of like if you were to boil that down that's kind of what it seems like also thought it was really interesting that dean was like why don't you tell me about these visions and i'm like no i this time i'm not mad that sam is withholding information i think sam 
genuinely thought these weren't visions. I think he thought he was having trauma nightmares. Yeah, well, because usually when Sam has some sort of vision or is experiencing some sort of weird side effect to the supernatural, he knows what it is, right? It's that he's like ODing on demon blood or that he, you know, is seeing Lucifer. Like he has a sense of what that is. And I think that this was so different from that it Mm -hmm. wasn't a clear vision of the future honestly it like harkens back to a lot of the like older sequences Mm -hmm. older memories yeah and so like if i'm sam i'm just like yeah i'm having a lot of bad nightmares life sucks but legit though like talk about hacky writing and cliche and tropes oh my god chuck's literally just revisiting the like the greatest hits like we keep making jokes about the show doing that but like now chuck is doing it so like it you're right it's no wonder that sam didn't realize these to be what they are he's like up, oh, saw a vision where I'm hopped up on demon blood and kill people. That oh, happened. Saw a vision <laughs> where I'm in a white suit and this is only going to end one way. And, that too happened. And Dean's got the first blade in the market cane and he done killed me. That, that happened. happened. Like, it's no wonder that Sam didn't realize it. And also, Chuck is a shit writer. <laughs> I think we'll get into Chuck more. Um, <laughs> Sorry, Chuck just makes me so angry. Every inch of Chuck just, like, infuriates me. Sorry. Yeah. Okay, we're good. Let's talk about the title. Yes. Because we got into this a little bit in the last episode. Um, but this title is Proverbs 17.3. Yes. The Crucible for Silver, the, the Furnace, furnace for, for Gold, but, but the, the Lord, Lord Tests the Heart. heart. I personally was a little bit disappointed. The Lord doesn't test your heart hard enough? No, right. Like, that's what it was. Like, <laughs> like clearly the Lord done testeth the heart, right? Like, Lord Chuck is testing the crap out of the Winchesters because he wants to kind of torture them a little bit before his big, big ending. But, like, man, I was, I was really, I really set myself up for, like, a bigger heartbreak or a bigger heartache or a bigger... I don't know what the other bigger thing is, but, like, I that's not on the show. That's on me. I did that to myself. <laughs> I was like, Jessica's going to get parents. Sam's not going to know what to do with this. I'm uh, like, I, yes. I really blew it up big in my well, brain. Okay, so honestly, I do agree. I think that it is on us. I think that we read too much into it, having that information ahead of time. But I agree that for me, Lilith, and maybe we'll talk about this a little bit more when we get deeper into the character, but Lilith, like, wasn't a big enough throwback Mm. (laughs) you know like the Lilith stuff in past seasons feels like a lot of it happens off camera and like a lot of Lilith is like built up as this like whatever but it was like that didn't have enough resonance and didn't have a like close enough relationship with the boys and so to see her back it's like I guess testing the heart but it wasn't like it wasn't as like splashy for me okay that's interesting I definitely want to get into that in the character section too But yeah, did you notice how like silver and gold, though, came up throughout the episode? So like there's the scene with the two wolf brothers, Uh um, the mirror for Sam and Dean. (laughs) And at one point they're fighting. It's when they're like tussling around the gun. Mm -hmm. And one of the brothers is like, and I bet that had silver bullets in it. And it was such like it was like really on the nose. And it was a weird line of dialogue for the monsters. And so it like really dinged in my head. Chuck's George Lucas <laughs> bad at writing dialogue. And then when Lilith gets the gun and melts it, the mm-hmm. way that she like melts it really reminded me of like gold in a forge, like oh. kind of like molten. I didn't notice that, but like you're completely correct. That's really cool, actually. Yeah. And honestly, I think that like there were a lot of these like sentimental moments, like between Dean and the girl 
before we knew mm-hmm. it was Lilith. Yeah. It felt heart-wrenching, but yeah. it felt like it was supposed to be heart-wrenching. Yes, you yes, yes, mean? yes. But because it was so contrived, it didn't quite get there. Yes, but it was like time slowed down and they were having these heart-to-heart. Yeah. The fact that Sam is having these visions at all is like mm. literally dragging him through the mud for the past few weeks. Like, it hurt Sam to have to keep reliving this. Now that he knows what's going on, I think that's actually a boon for Sam. Like, I think Sam is now really actually lucky that he understands what's going on because beforehand, when he thought it was just trauma, it was <laughs> it was slowly killing him. It was. It's like, also, like, I don't mean to do this almost every episode, but like, what's up? The Chuck-Sam connection and seeing visions of what Chuck is looking at for their ending, that is like 100% Harry and Voldemort. <laughs> In order to the Phoenix. Gotta work on your uh, occupancy. Yeah, seriously. Because, <laughs> like, there's no way that Chuck knows Sam is seeing these things. Mm-mm. Plus, Chuck is just going through so many, like, really bad endings. <laughs> seriously. <laughs> Chuck doesn't want anybody to, like, see his endings because, like, they're not done yet. Oh, my God. <laughs> I just, I'm, like, not done with my process yet. Uh, he's one of those. <laughs> oh, I just, I just don't want to spoil it for you. Oh, my God. <laughs> The ending's not that great, Chuck. It's fine. <laughs> Ugh. All right, let's talk about the minor characters. Yes. Truly, it's just Lilith. Lilith, yeah, one. for the most part. But, like, I really like that the episode overall, because it was something that was supposed to be contrived and supposed to be obvious and all that stuff, like, it, it went the extra mile a lot of the times. For instance, like, the very beginning of the episode, the girls are all in the tent, and they're like, did sp- cinnamon rum or whatever, and they're, like, having their, they're all kind of dressed a little, frankly, too preppy for, like, camping. <laughs> camping. So I was like, girls, settle down. Nice blonde beach waves and the big doe eyes. Oh, yeah, they were, it was a casting call. No, legit. Like, I remember <laughs> looking at it, and I had this moment where I was like, okay. Are they triplets? <laughs> Are they sisters? Are they just friends? Like, I couldn't figure it out. They just all got the same callback. Precisely. <laughs> they have the same type, they're the same type look. And, like, not only, so, it was one of those things where I was like, come on, Supernatural, can you cast people who look like, can we diversify a little bit the color hair of these girls? But actually, the whole reason these girls all look the same is because of Lilith. Yes. This is Chuck casting. Mm-hmm. Here you go. Here's three doe-eyed live blondes for you to choose from Lilith, who always chooses doe-eyed blondes. Yep. Except for that one time she's a little brunette girl, but whatever. <laughs> Honestly, it's really exciting to see Lilith show back up. Yeah. That moment for me where she like does the eye rolling back yeah. to white. And they flashed back to, like, past scenes. Yeah. Like, that was so crazy. Oh, you know why? Because she says, um, God, what did she say? When she first said, she's like, oh, Sam, you don't remember me? And my instinct was Meg. <laughs> because that's how Meg always used to do her shtick every time she was in a new body. And I was like, no, wait, Meg's on our side. So when, like, when her eyes went white, I was like, oh, snap. Like, I was super excited to see that. So you were talking earlier about how, like, this is the perfect place to do it, about how, like, You weren't as excited. Like, you wanted something other than Lilith, maybe? So, honestly, what it is, is that, like, Lilith doesn't feel like she has a very close relationship with the boys for Mm. me. And so, honestly, I want it to be someone like Ruby or Azazel. Yeah. And I think that it's just that, like, Lilith was never hands-on. She wasn't fully manipulating them. She was playing her role. Yeah. Honestly. Lilith was a boogeyman more than, like, a master strategist. Yes, and Lilith herself was on a very linear path. Yeah. Right? Break seals, break seals, break seals. Break seals, die Lucifer. Yeah. Yeah. And with, like, Ruby and Azazel, it was, like, 
they feel like even yeah. though they maybe didn't have as much screen time. I mean, Ruby obviously has a ton of screen time, but like uh-huh. Azazel doesn't have that much screen time. But you can feel his hands and like the machinations on shaping Sam's life. And like, right, right like the fact that he killed their mom, it makes him much more impactful. Yeah. And so I think what I was hoping for, that's why like Lilith doesn't resonate for me. Yeah. But I think that like I was hoping for someone like bigger. That makes sense. Like, I get why they chose her, but, like, is Lilith, like, Lilith being the pole for this episode, Lilith being the one taken from the empty, can we also chalk that up to Chuck? Oh, in his bad writing. Well, what I'm saying is, is, like, okay, so Chuck needs a villain to reveal mm. himself to the Winchesters for this story. And so he picks Lilith, who's, you know, boo, Lilith. She's scary and was a creepy little girl and had Jean's contract and da-da-da, whatever. Like, all of those things about Lilith. Plus, Lilith is, like, a big, quote-unquote, big deal. Right, big like, deal demon. Yeah. Like, was Lucifer's first and all that. Like, is Chuck pandering with Lilith now? But, like... Like, like you mentioned Ruby. If Ruby shows up again, it's too early to burn Ruby. Yes, that's true. If everybody's getting a victory lap and Chuck is also doing these victory laps, like the victory laps we're seeing are Chuck. Oh, this is weird. Oh. This is getting tangly. But, like, if that's the case, then Chuck is saving Ruby until, like, he really wants her. Yeah. Like, until the audience is like, oh, man, I can't believe that brought Ruby back. Like, Chuck's doing it for us. Yeah. Blech. The meta narrative of this is, like brain breaking yeah and honestly it's just like a really 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 smart device to have chuck pulling the strings and kind of wrapping things up because it's it just explains everything yeah like now all of the decisions that happen are decisions that chuck is making in his story we can i think officially now chalk writer decisions in the supernatural room the one that lives in california and vancouver those decisions aren't just what's right for the show. Those decisions are what's right for the show, but also what would Chuck's decisions be? How do we know what is a story Chuck is writing and what is real world supernatural? Not real world, but you know what I mean? Like what is what is really happening to just like unfold in the universe of supernatural and what is something Chuck is making happen? My hope is that the relationship stuff between the Winchesters is still Winchesters. He wants to watch them be the mice in the... In the maze. maze. Like, he made the maze, and he's going to put, like, cheese and mouse traps and cats. I don't know what else would go <laughs> in, this, in this metaphorical maze. But, like, the, the mice still got to run. Yes. But, like... There's a moment where, like, in a few episodes, it's going to start getting really hard. I think they're going to play on this as hard as they can, and we're not going to know what is Chuck anymore. It's And I think I'm, like, really excited for that because, like, dissecting a sequence and it's like, okay, but is this Winchester? Is this Free Will or is it Chuck? Like, that's really fascinating and really interesting and, like, to seek your teeth into. But also I hate it and I don't want it. I think we can talk about Chuck because we veered from Lilith kind of into Chuck. Yeah. And he doesn't show up in this episode. No. But you can feel his hands on everything. Oh, yeah. And I think that that's going to keep happening. That, like, every episode from now on, even when Chuck's not there, he will be a major player, a, like, hidden character. Yeah, he's, like, the he's the dark shadow over everything right now. Yeah. John Winchester in the first season was a little mm. bit like that. Like, he, the absence yeah. of John Winchester was another character. 
I feel that. And I think that, like, Chuck's ghost hand manipulating everything here is another character. And, like, obviously, like, Chuck, God, the absent father, John, like, there is a lot of thematic overlap between those. Yeah. And so that's really, really narratively interesting to me. It feels more dangerous to me when we don't see Chuck. Because when we see Chuck at Becky's house, he's being pathetic and and needing a hug and a a friend, and he's borrowing her Wi-Fi and writing stories. (laughs) Like... We know what Chuck is doing. We know less about what Chuck is doing in this episode. Like, we know he went and got Lilith and all that and yada yada, but, like, but what else did he do? We didn't see it. So, like, every time we don't see Chuck, it's going to get harder and harder to not be more worried about what he's doing. Honestly, the fact that they have created this character who is, at the same time, this kind of, like, spineless author guy, hack writer, and also the all-powerful god Mm -hmm. is really hard to accomplish yeah and they've done it really well by like having him leave sometimes and like having chuck giving a lot of motivation and like we talk to chuck a lot and so we feel like we know quote unquote know him but also there are those moments where the curtain is lifted and he is god and he is this Mm all-powerful being and i think that now we have like full god like he's the most powerful adversary the boys have ever faced. And, and it's really... Could like, ever face. And could ever face. Yeah. And it's earned, even though we know him and we've experienced him mm-hmm. this entire time, it is earned that, like, no one can actually step to God. Yeah. Like, we've spent the entirety of Supernatural having God not try. Right? Like, he's been... Yeah. He's been that kid in the back of the classroom that, like, is, like, whatever, phoning it in. I'm not interested. I'm not like, trying. leaning back in his chair. And so they're able to flip the switch and like now it is like full God mode. Yeah. I can do whatever I want. I am all powerful, all knowing, all seeing. Yeah. And I'm going to just like craft a story mm-hmm. for my puppets to dance in. The way Dean reacts to it is is really interesting because like Dean's reaction to he's God and he's coming for us. Yep. I think that's one of the first times they've ever said things like that. It's usually the Winchesters will stand their ground and defend or they will they will figure out and go attack. Like, I don't know, man. This is it is the first time or the first time in a long time that it is coming for the Winchesters. Yeah, it's like fatalistic. It's yes. like this is the end. There is no way out that. And honestly, that feels like it's been happening multiple times for me over the last two episodes. There's something in the narrative structure, both in the contrivedness of this episode, yeah. that is like, okay, this is the one answer. Like, the, it, yes, it is uh, werewolves. Like, yes, very clearly. Yeah. And to like the monsters are going to die or like the the there's like a lot of sacrifice right like the mm-hmm. vampire mm-hmm. in last episode we very quickly very simply discover that it is a vampire and that then he wants to like sacrifice, sacrifice himself. himself yeah and i think that like mm-hmm. that has been happening a lot and it feels to me not like a chuck hand but like a narrative hand of supernatural telling us to take things, like, at face value. At face value, yeah. This is wholesale now. This is it. This is, like, this is what is happening. Mm -hmm. Believe what happens because we don't have another season. We don't have a situation where the boys are just going to, like, bounce back to life. Yeah. This is, like, you got to take what goes down at 
wholesale. And also there's a theme of sacrifice that I think is going to continue to emerge. I do think you're right. Like, I think this one's not pure Chuck. Like, this one's also the writers. This is because this is something the audience needs to know. Right. Like, because like we're we always expect that the Winchesters will bounce back. But. If there's no more episodes, there's no more bounce back, you know? No bouncing now. I mean, on a similar vein to that, like, every episode so far this season, I mean, all four of them prior to this, (laughs) right? I feel like I've mentioned it a few times. There have been moments that gave me the the sort of meta reaction of, oh, my God, this is the last season. In the premiere, it was the trunk slam. And I was like, God, man, that's—this is wild. And then Rowan's death felt final to me, like— and it Which remind, is another sacrifice. Right? And it, it was another thing that made me go, God, oh, man, this is the last season. Like, this one, this episode, the is is the last season thing happened inside of the episode to Sam and Dean. Now Sam and Dean are on the same page we are. Oh, yeah. Sam, like, they know for that all, all intents it. and purposes, they know this is the final season. Like, not TV show season, but, you know, like, we've spent, I mean, technically, like, an entire summer, but four episodes going... Guys, you're not free. Guys, he's not gone. He's still here. Yeah. You're in trouble. He's writing your ending. And it's not until this episode at the very end that the boys realize it. Well, it's the final season of their life. It's the final countdown for the man There's something about the fact that now Sam and Teen are, like, on our wavelength that is, like, whew. Like, I feel that. I felt that tremendously. Like, I was like, oh, we're now we all together. Andy, the you know, soft, sensitive Sam Wolf brother. <laughs> oh my God. Thank you, Chuck, for casting literally Sam and Dean Wolfson. Like, they even referenced their Chester was the better joke there. And I, I missed it. Even Andy's costume was like cable knit or, or like almost like an Irish knit sweater. And it was cream and it was pristine and his hair was nice. He's the light. He's he, the light. He doesn't want to hunt. No, he's a good brother. He doesn't want to hunt humans but like take away the word humans it's sam he didn't want to hunt absolutely and the other brother is like determined to hunt things and like just do i don't know and has baggage over his like gone dad like dead dead father issues two brothers one that doesn't want to hunt one that does i don't know is that familiar but andy shoots his brother and then sacrifices himself Mm. which is basically like the play that Chuck wants to create. Yeah. yeah, he wants one to kill the other. I like that Lilith also, like, in the car with Dean, she was like, yeah, it's, like, foreshadowing or whatever. And I'm like, <laughs> first of all, that eye roll, because you hear the eye roll I made in my voice, because, like, and, and also on Lilith's face, because, like, sure, I guess it's foreshadowing, but also it's awful. Like, God is a hack. Yeah, Lilith is fully just, like, that was my ticket out of the empty. And, and that's all I care <laughs> that's about. That's all I care about. Which I respect. It seemed contrived that Chuck got Lilith to get the the gun back, the equalizer, right? Like, does Chuck actually care about the equalizer? Is this more like... I think Chuck created a gun that does what he says it does because he's an idiot. And like, the <laughs> right? Like, he's walking around with the shot in his shoulder as well. It can hurt him. It's probably yeah. the only thing that could have killed him. Mm. And so he had Lilith destroy it to take that piece off the chessboard. Yeah. But Chuck's a moron who back in Mariah, didn't expect Sam and Dean to turn on him. He thought that he was writing a story where they were going to kill his son and, like, I don't know, go on forever, just, Mm -hmm. like, being his toys that he likes to play with. 
Like, there was just something so contrived. It's like, oh, to get the magic gun that I left there. Like, it seemed so silly, but, like... No, Chuck's an idiot. No, Chuck's a He literally made a gun that could could kill him. Guys, God's a bad writer and a moron. (laughs) I don't think that it's stupidity, necessarily. I think that it's... He's used to being the biggest kid on the playground. uh He is all-powerful, right? Like, he is the Alpha and the Omega. And, like, (laughs) he doesn't expect people to turn on him he no. doesn't expect people to come after him like that and so and it's if just, they do he can like vaporize he them. has no strategy yeah right yeah. it's all like brute power and like i can do whatever i want and so honestly like the gun and hopefully like this lack of strategy is what ends up being his downfall oh 100 like this is this is sam at the end of the episode racking his brain already trying to find a way to use these visions and use the knowledge he has and his connection to chuck against him like sam's gonna be the one to take his ass down mm-hmm. like this is sam's game 100 which kind of makes sense like lucifer's vessel sam Sam, Demon Blood Sam. Yeah. Cursed, if, cursed Boy Sam is going to be the one to take down God. Like Sam is the protagonist, but Dean's the hero. It is Sam being Luke Skywalker, but Dean being Han Solo. Was there a bromant this episode? This is going to sound so silly, but I really like when there's something about one of them falling asleep in the car while the other one's in there that really gets me. No, no, no. That was such like a real, it was short, yeah. but it was like a very sweet moment. And honestly, it was like the dark car and was it, was it raining? It, it felt like, like there was like rain on the window. It's always <laughs> raining nowadays. Like, I don't know. But yes, no, I think it was raining. And like Sam wakes up all like disoriented and not sure where he is. Yeah. And then Dean looks over. He's like, to, like, oh, you were right or whatever. Yeah, I love those moments too. That yeah. was very sweet. Yeah, there's something like, like they they're they're brothers and they drive together everywhere and they live together like yada yada whatever. But there, there is something vulnerable in that. So I I always like those moments where one of them falls asleep and he like wakes up and the other one's like, hey, how you doing? Like whatever. I don't know. That was a really nice little moment. Also, Sam texting Cass. Oh, Dean. <laughs> I just also like Sam texting Cass, but in a way that was like. Sad. One of the sentences on his phone was like, uh, the bunker is really shitty reception, so like maybe you tried to text back or you're not getting these, or maybe you're I'm not getting your like it was pure like please answer, please answer, please I answer. I'm so mad that Sam is like the casualty in their breakup. Yeah, in their breakup. Yeah. It's Fuck like you, Dean Tim. and Cass, you guys, like Sam's here sad and like wants to talk to his friend and has this traumatic nightmare yeah. that he's trying to figure out. Has no friends, has no one to talk to. I'm Thanks, like, Dean. Honestly, I'm mad at both of them. Like, Cass, <laughs> you could respond, and Dean, your brother needed a friend, and you, like, kicked him out of the bunker. Like, both of them are being bad boys right now. <laughs> They're both, both of you. Bad boys. Time out. <laughs> Sorry, table. Oh, hmm. I thought about this earlier, and it just clicked again in my brain. Okay, so. Remember... Remember last week? Yeah. Chuck's at Becky's house. Boop, boop, boop. When he writes, he's like, yeah, I'll write again. And it's the draft that Becky doesn't like. And she's like, yeah, it's great. And he's like, no, no, no. Tell me what's wrong with it, whatever. And so Becky's like, it's like all monsters and there's no talking and whatever. Then she's like, and Cass isn't even there. Oh, do you think that like. Is it Chuck? Like, can we ascribe Cass not being here to Chuck? Like, is that something Chuck is able to. I mean, like, uh, Chuck was writing at Becky's after Cass left, whatever. But like, but is Chuck keeping Cass away? Is Chuck keeping Cass from answering the text messages? Is Cass just a character? No! (laughs) 
in Chuck's story. Is that why cats can come back from the dead 52 times? Yeah, he's just an obstacle or a, you know, wise wizard or a supporting <laughs> character in the story that God has placed. He, wow. Yeah. Can you imagine if that was the, the quote unquote defeat God and everything's back and Jack is back and they're all happy and they've all forgiven each other and like, like the empty comes to collect Cass and actually it's like, yeah, JK, you're not even a real fucking person. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I think that they're real people it's just that like are their motivations their own it's i really not i don't know what's real anymore <laughs> we're in the matrix i'm glitching <laughs> leah glitched i glitched you didn't, you didn't see me but it was like it was great um no i don't know i don't know what's real anymore and like it's i'm having a good time with that but also like oh we skipped a little bit over themes. I mean, we touched on a bunch of the themes. Like, it's going to be the same every episode from here on out. This is the theme of Supernatural, and it's the theme of its final season. Yeah, I think there's definitely, like, a play-your-role mm-hmm. thing happening here. Yeah. Um, especially as part of, like, this whatever masterpiece that Chuck thinks he's directing. Someone tweeted last night that was, like, uh, watching all these flashes of... Sam and Dean dying is reminding me of Mystery Spot. Like, how many how many ways can Dean die? Oh, my God, yes. And that really sparked something for me mm. because it wasn't necessarily, like, the flashes of the different kinds of deaths, but there was something over the entire episode that felt very fairy tale. that felt in the same way that Mystery Spot feels okay. like someone's telling a story. Yeah. And as opposed to like it being quote unquote real life. Yeah. And then at the end of Mystery Spot, it's the it's the moral. There feels like there is a moral at the end of the Yes, scale. yes, yes, yes. And that is the like that's the type of narrative pacing that this episode also had. Yeah. It was very like Goldilocks and the three bears. Uh how about they were literally sleeping in the sleepy bear inn or whatever it was. Goldi- <laughs> Goldilocks was in the bear house. Like Yeah. And so that was really, really interesting to me. Yeah. Also, like, it's nice. It's like, oh, it reminds me of Mystery Spot and like Richard Spate was Honestly, directing the episode. Honestly, this feels like Gabriel or the trickster had a hand in it. Yeah. It's very much like I'm trying to teach you a lesson. Changing channels has that same yeah. pacing to it. Yeah. Like this felt like telling a story. And I think that it's really cool that Supernatural can do that. Yes. Within the confines of the show. Yes. Make the tone and the pacing so different so that you can tell when it's not really quote unquote supernatural yeah. but it's a story that is happening within, within the story up- yeah 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 it's wild also like i mean talk about like just drumming on the same theme constantly constantly this is a story but the the final shot of the episode the camera like sam and dean are sitting at the the big table in the bunker and the camera zooms out and it kind of pulls back through like where that telescope is that they don't use and mm-hmm. I don't know how the telescope sees outside but whatever maybe it's like a periscope who knows but like back through there and you can see the red curtains on the side and mm-hmm. it makes it look like you're looking at a stage like this is a play these are two characters in a in a story like it is very on the nose it is very Super Mario Brothers 3 we were in a play the whole time <laughs> like all the world's a stage, and we are but merely players. God, is God Shakespeare? Gross. Ugh. Add him to the list of people who are Shakespeare. <laughs> <laughs> I dig it. All right, 
let's talk about music. There wasn't really much in the way of Mm-mm. soundtrack in this episode. Yeah, no, like, no songs of note, necessarily. But the scoring at the end, when La- Lilith gets the, like, freezes the boys, and then she goes to get the equalizer out of the glove box and all that stuff, like, very amped up fairy tale almost cartoony like it was very yeah like a like a cartoon villain yeah like don 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 yeah like it all seemed to be like more than it should have been like i don't know how else to explain that it was just like the orchestration was almost too much in that moment i was like supernatural never does this chuck's also scoring his story <laughs> he's just like oh i just had an idea <laughs> let me put some light underscoring like can you imagine if like sam or dean like lilith's giving a monologue and she's like and this that and the other thing and somebody's like wait 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 do you hear that? <laughs> and it's like the music is being piped from heaven or wherever. Like Chuck absolutely would. He's like, I just need to set the mood. Ugh. Chuck is the worst. Chuck is the worst. His music, like, it was good music, right? But like, there's something about the fact that like it was really good music, but it it felt off. And I think I almost feel like we can put it down to Chuck. Yes. I feel like we should have known Chuck was the worst from the Everything about this episode, especially as we start to talk about the music, reminds me of uh, when he's in that bar with Metatron and like starting to like strum on whatever, <laughs> like that, like that's the, tr- that, yeah. that Chuck. It's performative. Yeah. It's, or it's the like Williamsburg hipster Chuck. Yes. Yes. I'm working on my screenplay. Oh my God. I've <laughs> like only that's... had one, I've been in this Starbucks for 16 hours. I've only had a tall trip. <laughs> With coconut milk, please and thank you. Like, that's no shit on coconut milk. I'm lactose intolerant, but like, you know what I mean. Like, <laughs> thanks. And like, dragged his whole ass desktop into the like Starbucks, not, not like a tablet. Like, Chuck, oh God. He really is. He thinks his story is really cool. He doesn't want anybody to know his endings because like, he doesn't want to spoil it. He's gonna have like, he's like, oh, I'm setting up all these reunions. Like, the fans are gonna love, like, this is what this is. Chuck believes he's the next great playwright it's masturbatory which came first the winchester gospels or sam and dean's life wow that's like (laughs) sorry that just like made me realize how much the gospels because it was before they were born azazel and all of that because chuck just like decided he wanted this to play out Uh every moment that i sit with this story i'm thinking more and more about the interesting way that having God be this kind of whiny artist author, like working all of the strings, how much you can go back and like retcon and like, I don't know, like how it changes everything. It changes changes everything. everything. It's really, it's wild. It's really hard to, to try to separate that out of like, and then see, here's the other thing. I don't know if I want to separate it. No. Like, there's no, again, we've talked about this. There's no way back when Chuck was introduced in season four that this was ever, ever, ever the intention. But I'm like, I'm going to get to the end and start over again. And I hate myself for I it. I know. I can feel it in my bones. Cause like, there's, there are days when I'm like, oh, God, I just missed the simple times. But like, I would love to go back and watch Supernatural and just imagine that they had this all planned out from the beginning and like imagine Chuck's machinations all over it. Like, what does that do to a watch? What does that do to to John taking off and to yeah. to Demon Blood Sam? And what does that do to Dean losing his soul? Like through the lens of a capricious yeah. author, it's wild. Wild. Uh, what about Laura this week? <laughs> Back to this episode. Back to this episode. <laughs> yes. Honestly, there's not a lot. The werewolves are werewolves. Yeah, and like what you were saying about how everything. 
everything is wholesale now. I think that's that's one of the reasons why the hunt is a little bit wholesale as well. It's like, yep, now you know what werewolves are. We've got bigger fish to fry, so we're going to give you the werewolf and the other problems. The Jesus fish. The Jesus fish. (laughs) We go to Jesus fish fish to fry. fry. Does Jesus exist in Supernatural? Not so far. Huh. Also, I guess it's not lore lore, but um, I think it's interesting to note that Chuck went to the empty and got Lilith. And we know that Chuck can do that because Cass, in particular, has been raised from the den on a number of occasions. Um, and every time he went to the empty, mm-hmm. without waking him, without without waking him, because um, Cass never woke up in the empty. He was just raised from it. So, but the empty is awake now. We know the empty is awake. We know Jack is awake. We know Billy can also go down there. What does Chuck's actions in the empty? Does that give the empty information it did not have? Does that give Jack and Billy information that they need? Like, yeah, I'm honestly interested in like, what is God's relationship to death and the empty? Yeah. Right. Because like, we do know that God can die. Right. That like death has already said that like, in the end, I'll reap him too. Does God go to the empty? I don't know. Like, in a world in which we don't want Supernatural to end with the heat death of the universe, like, uh, potentially (laughs) Chuck has to go to the empty and not actually just disappear. You know what I mean? I do think that this meta narrative is setting it up so that Supernatural could end with the world of Supernatural ending. It'd be a nice, it's interesting. It'd be a nice book closing mm. moment. And I love a book closing. Can you imagine if it was actually a book closing or a computer file being saved or some shit? Yeah, downloaded. Sent off to the publisher. Uh, oh, who was the most extra this week? Honestly, can I? Okay, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to put my finger on this one. <laughs> I think that Chuck will be the most extra for the rest of the season. Like, I think that's fair. Everything he does, all of his like flourishes in writing, uh-huh. all of the uh, scoring, all of the... The casting choices he made this episode. Yes, like Chuck is now the person, you know, moving all of the pieces around. And every time it's just like so melodramatic, mm-hmm. like you can feel it. I also would like to give like, yes, Chuck is the answer forever and always. Amen. <laughs> I would like to give an honorable mention or like a shout out to the the actual writers and producers of Supernatural <laughs> because not only did they create an episode that was meta and has this hand of God all over it and like purposefully seemed obvious and purposefully felt off. And then they like they did it so perfectly. Like, there was, like, an extra, like, shine on everything that was in that episode mm-hmm. because the writers took extra care to make sure that everything from the casting to the costumes to the the dialogue coming out of characters' mouths sounded contrived because it had to be. Yeah. Like, really, really, really well done. And, like, they didn't have to go that hard, but they did. Wait, I've got I've got one more honorable mention. <laughs> Lilith's full body eye roll when she falls back <laughs> on the antlers. Like, you can just, like, feel how over it she is, like, through the television screen. I was just like, yeah, I, I understand. I feel you, Lilith. <laughs> so, I think, I think we did that episode. What's yeah. coming up next week? All right, so the trailer for next week, Cass is back. Yeah. Which I'm really excited about. With, like, a friend. He's making new hunty friends, like... And also, he did the voiceover, right? That was the... Yeah, him being like, there's things in this world that nobody knows. Like, I feel like that's Cass introducing somebody to... Hunting? Hunting? I don't know. Interesting that he isn't with the boys. Uh -uh. 
and we see the boys going to a witch, yeah. maybe? Like, either, go, like, or tangling with her. It looks like maybe they go to one witch and, like, get caught up with another. I'm not sure. But we see the witch with purple eyes, mm-hmm. which is... It's never actually been explained precisely, but, like, the color purple in Rowena's magic um, is something that we also see in her eyes and also in um, Max Baines's eyes. Mm. So, like, I think it's a symbol of um, a very powerful, potentially a natural-born witch. Yeah. And the witch is actually played by the same actress who is in Monster at the End of this book. Yeah, and was the publisher, right? Yeah, was the publisher um, who points them in the direction of Chuck, which I think is very, very interesting. And... But she's also in another episode of Supernatural. Like, she's yes, in a different true. one-off. She's in uh, Usual Suspects. Yeah, season two. Is this a case of, we just really like this actress in Vancouver, and let's bring her back to do another role and put her in a different wig? But that's the thing, right? Like, yeah. now that Chuck has been exposed as manipulating things so directly, every decision, like, everything that happened in Supernatural can kind of be retconned to fit this narrative. And so, yeah. like... Honestly, it could be that, like, she's a day player in the Chuck universe. It's like in the good place with all the, the demons. Yeah, yeah. Yes. Oh, my God. Exactly yeah. like that. And Chuck just really likes a specific yeah, actress. Chuck just really likes a specific actress. So she showed up in that one and then was brought back as the publisher. Can you imagine if at the end of the next episode, like, that's the turn? Chuck just made me do this and, like, he made me be his publisher and he made me be a grieving widow one time. Like, <sighs> wow. What is real? I don't know what's real in this show anymore. It is like tangled and meta on meta on meta on meta. And I don't know. And I love it. And I hate it at the same time. (laughs) I love it. All right. I think that's it. I think that's it. I think we love Supernatural and it's all confusing and it's great (laughs) as well. But um, yeah, we'll be back next week with a new episode. There is a new episode on again next week. So um, thanks, everybody, for uh, listening and following and et cetera. Uh, Remember to subscribe to this podcast on whatever your podcatcher of choice is, Apple, Android, whatever. And or also Spotify, like get that stream on. We're on there. You can click a follow button if you like your podcast on Spotify. They actually have really cool recommendation algorithms. So if you like us and you make sure to follow us on Spotify, you might find other podcasts that you like too. Yeah, and share us with your friends. Yes, tell your friends. Grab their phones, make them subscribe. Yeah, actually just like ask them for their phone password and just subscribe them yourself. It's fine. <laughs> I give you permission. Because if permission. you are cool and you like Supernatural, I'm sure your friends are cool and your friends like Supernatural. And that means we're all friends by the transitive property. You can follow us on social. Yeah, we're at ExtraneousPod on Twitter. And we're extraneous.pod on, on Facebook and Instagram. <laughs> One last time, thank you to SFF Yeah and Book Riot for sponsoring this episode. And I think that's it. Yep. We'll see you next week. All right. Bye. Bye.